Just how much money does Alex Anthopoulos and the Atlanta Braves have to spend this offseason? Will it be significant? Are they actually cutting payroll? We'll talk about all that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media at Locked On underscore Braves. And in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast, we'll be having a mailbag episode on Friday. Look for my post from Locked On underscore Braves. Submit your questions to that post to be answered on Friday's mailbag episode. If you're new watching on YouTube, please do me a favor. Hit that subscribe button. Up over 7,800 subscribers now, pushing for 8,000. Make sure you hit that like button as well to help support the show. I do a lot of these off-season post podcasts live, so if you want to join those, usually starts around 9 Central, 10 Eastern. I know it's a little late for some people, but hey, got to put the kids to bed. Got to get ready for a show and come down here. And I appreciate so much those who take the time out of their day to join me live. Whether you watch live or the replay, I appreciate each and every one of you and all the support that you give me here at Locked On Braves. And again, with the Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday, I want to wish you all a great and happy Thanksgiving and just tell you how thankful I am for you and the support that you give me here at Locked On Braves. With all of that, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about money. Dollar bills, y'all. How much money does Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves have to spend this offseason? We're going to do a little deep dive on the payroll, where the Braves stand, what I think they might be able to spend. Nobody really knows that except for Alex Anthopoulos and the higher-ups at Liberty Media. But I'm going to give it my best shot, try to give you a, a an explanation that, look, if I can understand it, hopefully you can understand it as well. Before we do get into all that, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. All right, I do thank you so much for joining the show tonight. We got Joe Me, Joe Mixon, who just got out of the hospital. Prayers for you, buddy. Hope you get Feeling better soon. Nate Dog, Matthew Brittingham, Matt Karcher, Glenn Crook, Jeffrey Humphreys, David Lyons, Melly Mel's in here as well. Uh, Mark Riggs, thank you all so much for joining live with me. Like I said, on today's episode, bear with me. This conversation could get a little too much inside baseball, but I want to talk about payroll. I want to discuss the comments from Kyle Wright that were reported by Justin Toscano of the AJC. On Wednesday, we do have a little bit of news to talk about later in the episode with the Braves bringing back some guys on minor league deals. I think it's actually a pretty big deal uh, when you look at getting back some depth in the organization. So we'll talk about that later in the podcast. So looking forward to doing uh, going through the show with you, like I said, talking about money. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you I'm not an expert and necessarily on the luxury tax payroll, how all that works. But again, I'm going to try to explain it to you as best I can in the way that I understand it. Let's talk 
with or start by talking about Kyle Wright and the comments that he made in an article to the AJC that had some people up in arms because it made it sound like the Braves were trying to cut payroll. And we've obviously been told that they're going to up payroll. And we've heard comments in the past about them wanting to be a, a top five payroll in all of baseball. So I want to discuss that for just a minute because I think these comments are somewhat misleading. And I don't want to call Alex Anthopoulos a liar, but I feel like what he told Kyle Wright isn't the full truth. Maybe the truth that he just wanted to divulge to Kyle Wright. The comment in the articles from Kyle Wright says pretty much that he had a number, talking about Alex Anthopoulos, had a number that he was given from up top, and that's what he had to work with. And when that quote is just put, you know, there for for you to read in a in a in a tweet in a post whatever you want to call it right now on on X that seems somewhat misleading that sounds like the Braves are trying to cut payroll and I, I don't buy that at all I, I I certainly believe that Alex Anthopoulos told him that but Kyle Wright wasn't going to make a, a ton in arbitration I don't think the Braves were strictly cutting him to to save money. Now they cut a lot of other guys as well, but those are guys that you're going to have to replace. Even if you replace them with guys making league minimum, it's not like the 40 man purge they had the other day was that significant of a money saver. So I don't, I don't really buy the whole excuse or reason that the Braves traded Kyle Wright and, and cut everybody else is for saving money. I think it's clearing off, no offense to any of the guys that got cut. I think it's clearing off dead weight and hoping to bring in better quality depth. That's what I hope anyway. If all of this was to just save some money and maybe a couple million, then I am a little bit worried about where the Braves are going right now and what they might do this offseason. I don't believe that's the case. I believe the answer, and I hate to put words in somebody else's mouth, but like I said, when the move, the decision was made to trade Kyle Wright, I really think it's because they didn't believe in his health long term. And there's a great article over on Fangraphs talking about just how scary the shoulder injuries are and why, you know, Wright was traded, why Brandon Woodruff was just let go by the Brewers and non tendered. In that article, this from a study in 2023. It said, of the seven professional pitchers who have undergone this type of shoulder surgery in the study, six returned to play some form of professional baseball, but only three came back to pitch in the majors again. Those three, all of them aged 28 or younger, had recovery times of 14.6 months, 17.7 months, and 18.8 months. So based on, again, a very small sample size, it's about a 50-50 chance that Kyle Wright even makes it back from this soldier shoulder surgery that he's having. And even if he does, it sounds like the timeline could be more like we miss a season, season and a half. And so then you have a year and a half of control of a pitcher that, again, you don't know that he's going to be able to get back to where he was. What they just went through with Soroka, paying him $3 million a year for several years, hoping he was going to get back to himself – I think they just said, let's not do that again. Let's just cut ties. So I think that's the real reason they, they traded Kyle Wright. Did they save a little bit of money in the process of doing that? Sure, but I, I think the main reason was they just don't believe in the long-term health of Kyle Wright. That's unfortunate. Wish the best for Kyle Wright and Brandon Woodruff, both 
great pitchers, seem like great guys. Hopefully they are able to come back, but the odds are just against them. Getting back to the point of how much the Braves actually have to spend, again, like we talked about in yesterday's podcast, if the NOLA rumors are true and what the Braves actually offered him, then there is money to spend on the right player. We talked about that a lot yesterday. There is money there that the Braves have, but is it only on a specific player? And did Aaron Nola just happen to meet those requirements as somebody who you feel comfortable injury-wise that he's going to give you a lot of innings and he can pitch well in the postseason? Is there another guy like that out there? Again, Yamamoto seems safer, but just because he's younger, but I don't know if there's really another guy out there you feel that comfortable about that you can say is that right player to give a long-term contract to for a pitcher. And again, nobody really knows the number and the amount that we're able to spend except for Alex Anthopoulos. I'm sure some people in his inner circle and the people at Liberty Media who are giving him this number. But let's speculate a little bit anyway. Let's go back to 2023. I use Fangraph's roster resource. They do a great job of looking at payroll for each and every team and calculating it, giving estimates. Spot Rack's another good one as well. The season payroll for 2023 for the Braves was $204 million. And let's stop right there because there are many people who want to say that the Braves are cheap, that the Braves don't spend money. They are now spending over $200 million a year. They are increasing the payroll every season. The Braves are not cheap. The Braves are spending money. We need to stop that narrative. Could they spend more? Sure, but let's not sit here and act like they're a bottom 10 payroll when they're a top 10 payroll. Also looking at the luxury tax for 2023, it was $245 million. The threshold, the first threshold was $230 million, so the Braves went over by $15 million. Because it was their first year going over, their tax bill was somewhere between three to $4 million. So again, not a huge tax payment they had to make in 2023 by comparison Stephen Cohen, Steve Cohen had to pay $110 million in taxes for going over the luxury tax by a wide amount. So very different taxes for the Braves and the Mets. Looking at the 2024 payroll, they are already at $206 million for the 2024 payroll. They already have a higher payroll now than they did for last season. And the luxury tax payroll is at $241 million. The first threshold for 2024 is 237. The Braves are already over the luxury tax threshold by 4 million. So they've already gone over their payroll from last year and they're already in the luxury tax. Again, according to Fangraph's roster resources. Want to quickly go over the penalties for the luxury tax for those who don't know. First year is a 20% on all overages. That's what the Braves paid last year. Second year, that's a 30% tax on everything over that limit up to 20 million. And then there are surcharges between 20 and 40 million, another 45% surcharge between anything over 40 to 60 million, and then a 60% surcharge on anything over 60 million or more, which is what Steve Cohen and the Mets had to pay. And then that third year, it's 50% on all overages. So again, it, it increases for each year, plus any team that goes more than 40 million over has to have their highest draft pick moved back 10 spots. So that's a pretty big deal as well where the Braves system is right now and where you know the draft pool money that they have allocated to use when that pick gets moved back, that pick gives less money for, towards the draft pool. 
So the question is, where do the Braves draw the line? Do they draw a line? And uh, there's no way they are getting under the tax in 2024. So the question in my mind is, how far over the tax are they willing to go? And again, it's not anything that any of us are going to know for certain, but it's definitely something I want to speculate on a little bit more and talk about here next. Get in on all the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You got NFL, NBA, NHL, all that going on right now. I still miss baseball. I told my wife the other night, I cannot wait until baseball season returns. We're not even to December yet. But if you're one of those people who like other sports and get into it, you can do so over on FanDuel. They have spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. They also have some Thanksgiving specials if you're sitting around watching Thanksgiving football games as well. So you can get in all of that over at FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get in on the action. Also, make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash play safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Getting back into this discussion of the payroll and just how much do the Braves have to spend, I've already said they're not, they can't get under the luxury tax for 2024. The only question is how far over are they willing to go? My opinion, nobody else is really going to know this. Nobody is going to know this, like I said, except for those, except for Alex Anthopoulos, his inner circle and Liberty Media. My speculation is that they would be willing to go up to 40 million over. That's when the surcharge gets pretty expensive and when you start messing with draft picks. That means the Braves could go to a luxury tax of $277 million. So looking at the NOLA example, if the Braves really were willing to go to $27 million a year on Aaron NOLA, that would put their luxury tax number at around $268 million. Pretty much maxes out anything they could do this year with you know another eight roster spots to fill. But that's what it that's what it looks like and i just my opinion i think that's how high they would be willing to go so what does that look like beyond looking at uh looking at after 2024 they could have 67 million coming off the books with morden freed travis darno ozuna and mentor all potentially coming off the books next year that's 67 million that could be freed up they don't have anyone that should be getting a big bump in arbitration next year. They've already locked up guys like Spencer Strider, Michael Harris, that would be getting those big bumps in arbitration. So the 2025 estimated payroll right now is $142 million. That's not including arbitration, but even so, you know, at most you probably tack on $15, 20000000 million. So you're still looking really good for 2025. The estimated luxury tax for 2025 is $159 million. And the threshold for that's going to go up another, I believe, $3 million for 2025. So 
While there's no chance the Braves get under in 2024, there is a chance that next year they could still make moves and they could stay under the luxury tax. And I got to think that's the game plan because that tax gets a lot bigger in that third consecutive season. So even if the Braves sign somebody this offseason with a $25 million AAV, you should have a shot at getting under the luxury tax next year. Of course, they're going to have to find a way to replace some of those guys with the production loss of Freed, Morton, Ozuna, Mentor all gone. Bullpen signings this offseason have already helped replace Mentor in my mind. Hopefully, A.J. smith Shaver or Hurston Waldrop are ready to take one of those rotation spots to fill Max Freed and Charlie Morton. Hopefully, Von Grissom or you know something else is solved this offseason with left field. Maybe Drake Baldwin's ready to take over the DH at that, at that point. Really aren't many other holes to fill. So I, I believe that if the Braves wanted to get under the luxury tax next year, they certainly could. I think there's an opportunity to do that. Or, and probably what many of you are hoping, are we seeing a new era of Braves baseball and in the front office? And are we just going to continue to blow past the luxury tax during this window that the Braves are in? That's what I'm hoping for, and I'm sure that's what many of you are hoping for. I doubt that. Again, just what I've seen from the history of the Braves, and they are spending money. I'm not trying to say they're not, but again, it's just it's one of those things. I have to see it to believe it. So that is a possible scenario. If the right comments are to be believed, then there is a number. And Alex Anthopoulos has talked about the fact he doesn't worry about the luxury tax and just includes that tax into his yearly payroll. So what is that yearly payroll number? That's what we all would love to know. But for example, last year's luxury tax penalties included the yearly payroll was around $207 million. So does he raise the payroll to $220 million? They've said they want to be a top five payroll. Would they, would they increase the payroll to $240 million? So going back to the example of signing an Aaron Nola, if you did that and say that's the only real move you made, made a couple of other smaller moves, but you still stayed in that 268, 270, you know, payroll range, luxury tax range, or excuse me, just the luxury tax. If we're saying, you know, they sign a big pitcher for 24, 25 million a year, whatever it may be, Jordan Montgomery, Sonny Gray, as Andrew Peary has said, looks like realistic options now. If you sign one of those guys and your luxury tax is at around 168, 170 million, then you're paying almost 10 million in taxes this year. And so you add that to your payroll for this year, which puts your payroll at about a 244 million. So again, when you're talking about the Braves number and the luxury tax, the way Alex Anthopoulos has said in the past that he views that is he just adds the amount of tax he's going to pay to that year's payroll. So that's something to keep in mind when trying to figure out just how high are the Braves willing to go for that year's payroll. And again, if they want to be a top five payroll, that needs to be at around $240 million, which allows you to go up to that, that second tier, allows you to go up to over $40 million over the luxury tax. So again, all speculation. Again, there, there's conflicting rumors here. There's rumors of a statement from Kyle Wright that are somewhat misleading, saying that the Braves are potentially you know, looking to slash payroll. But even Kyle Wright says in that article that hopefully, he says hopefully, 
the Braves are doing that in order to spend big, to spend more money. And I certainly hope that is the case. And again, if the rumors are to be believed on NOLA, then it does seem like that is the case. But the question is, was NOLA just the right guy? Are they willing to spend that money on, on anybody? Are they willing to go to links for Sonny Gray or a Jordan Montgomery or a Yamamoto or even an Otani? That's what we have yet to find out, and we'll be interested to look into this offseason. All right, next, I want to talk about the signings that the Braves made on Thursday to help strengthen their depth at the minor league level, bringing back Chadwick Trump, Luke Williams, and Grant Holmes. Had a trade to talk about, not involving the Braves, but in the big links here, and then I'll try to answer some of your comments and questions. So we'll get to all of that here next. Want to remind you again that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories, sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering each league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. A little bit of news from a Wednesday as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday. The Braves bring back three guys on minor league deals, Chadwick Trump, Luke Williams, and Grant Holmes. Specifically, the Trump and Williams signings are big because they're two guys that give you some solid depth that if you needed, could you could call back up and add to the 40-man roster, and you don't have to have them on your 40-man roster right now. So those are huge depth signings. Doesn't mean much. In the grand scheme of things, we may never see these guys, but Chadwick Trump's been a solid you know, third catcher hiding out in the minor league, so I was really happy to get him back. And Luke Williams was a guy that had some time up on the roster later in the season and gives you some of that middle infield depth that the Braves gutted as part of that 40-man purge. So glad to have both those guys back. And Holmes was solid at AAA last year, has yet to make his big league debut, but he has some solid numbers at AAA again Braves bullpen is so deep, probably won't see them, but they're just in case. And then the trade that I mentioned, the Mariners traded Eugenio Suarez to the Diamondbacks. So the Diamondbacks get a third baseman there. My question to that is, what are they going to do with Geraldo Perdomo? And, you know, with Jordan Lawler coming up, likely to take over shortstop, I thought Perdomo would move the third, or maybe you move Lawler to third and keep Perdomo at shortstop. I'm not saying I love Perdomo as a long-term shortstop fit for the Braves, but I'd be pretty interested in maybe what they want for him or what their plans are for him. And if the Braves, you know, view him as a potential shortstop of the future, I know the defense there is pretty solid. Hasn't exactly come around with the bat, but was once, you know, a pretty highly regarded prospect. So again, I'm always looking for the Braves to try to upgrade at the shortstop position. Nothing against Orlando Arcia. He's just not the long-term answer for me. So, you know, is Perdomo available? I certainly would would check in on that. He hit 246 last year, 712 OPS, 96 OPS plus. So, again, league average hitter was pretty solid defensively. Uh, so, again, nothing, nothing crazy there. Um, but, again, is still pretty young. I would at least check in on it and see what they plan to do with him if they are open to, to moving him and if the Braves think that he is a good fit. The batted ball data – is not great, but he is somebody that makes a lot of contact, walks, and like I said, has some really good range at shortstop. So, uh, again, 
not saying it would be a great fit or the Braves would even do it, but it's something that did intrigue me when I saw that Suarez trade going down. Uh, looking at some of the questions here, Luke Martin says, do we think the Braves are definitely going to let Freed go? If we're talking about guys they should pay, Freed is still the one in my view, tired of seeing them let go of their best guys year after year. Yes, I think they're going to let Freed go. Again, we talked about this yesterday. If the NOLA rumors are true, that signifies to me that Freed is gone because I'm right there with you, Luke. And maybe the maybe the Braves don't view it this way. Maybe they trust the durability of NOLA more than they do Freed, and it's why they might be more comfortable giving that money to NOLA over Freed. But in my mind, Freed is still the better pitcher. And if I'm going to go to 26, 27 a million a year on anybody right now, it's going to be Max Freed. So that to me signifies that that Max Freed is likely gone after this season. Uh, Arjunis Richard said, or Ricard says, I'm thankful for the locked on pod that we we've have the host, the community, and the team that you guys have. Good, bad, and crispy. Go Braves! Thank you so much for that. Again, so thankful for this community we have built here. You guys, we're almost up to 200 viewers live with me again this is like the third or fourth live podcast in a row we've had so many live viewers thank you so much for all the support joe reese if soroka has a strong year and becomes a free agent do you think atlanta resigns him for the 2025 season i've thought about this i don't believe it's going to happen i wish soroka all the best but what if he comes out with the white Sox and just dominates in the first half and the braves trade for him at the deadline I mean, I don't think they're opposed to bringing him back. I think it was just risky, and I said it. If he had any minor league options left, he is still on this roster. I think the Braves give him another chance, but I just don't think they could guarantee him a spot in the rotation, and he can get that with the White Sox. So I hope all the best for him, and I really wish that he's able to get things going, and I would not mind if he does, if the Braves pick him back up. I love Michael Soroka. Chris Fields, what's up, Jake? I feel like I speak for everyone in here when I say we are thankful for you for giving us the consistent Braves content to get us through the offseason. Thank you. Thank you, and certainly you are welcome if you get enjoyment out of this and enjoy these conversations. Certainly a fun time of year in the offseason. I look forward to it each and every night getting on here, talking baseball with you. It helps me get through the offseason. Like I said, I've already admitted to my wife I, I'm, I'm over it. I, I can't wait to see baseball action again. I've watched some of the – Venezuelan league games with, with Acuna. And I believe I saw where Yasiel Puig has signed to play on the same team as Acuna. So I believe it's $20-25 and you get the entire season over there for Venezuela and, and can watch that. But that could be a lot of fun watching those two play together over there. Uh, so again, if you don't have that subscription, maybe go out and get it because it could be a fun and another way to help get you through this long offseason. Gary Gibson, Jake, happy Thanksgiving. Well, we need pitching. What do you think we'll do? So, again, talked about this a little bit yesterday on the options that are left. I still believe they're going to get two more pitchers. Unless they do go all out and get Yamamoto, I don't think they're going to get a Snell. I don't think they're going to get Montgomery. I think if any if they get any of the you know top-tier pitchers, I think it will be Sonny Gray. And I talked yesterday, I don't love Sonny Gray. I still think they're going to get one of those guys, those top-tier pitchers, two, three starters, and then take a shot on somebody on the back end. That's what I would do, and that's what I hope the Braves do. I hope they get somebody in that first tier 
And if it's not one of the free agents, I hope they trade for Dylan Cease or, you know, Corbin Burns or Tyler Glass now. I hope they get, you know, a, a mid top of the rotation guy they feel really confident about and then take a flyer on somebody for the back of the rotation. You know, Luis Severino is a guy that I've been mentioning a lot. If you can get him on a one-year deal for eight or 10 million or a Jack Flaherty, if you get him on a, a one-year deal, deal with an option for, you know, 10, 12 million, whatever that may be, that's what I would do if I'm the Braves. And I hope that's what they do. Just build out this rotation. Your, your lineup, your offense is set. It is good. It is good for years. Try to sure up this starting rotation right now to make sure that you have plenty of options. David Lyons, if the Braves spend money on starting rotation, does that force their hand to put Grissom in left field? I think it does. At the very least, they're going to have to get a bench outfielder. And so if they if they do feel like they're backed in the corner and they don't have the money to fill starting pitching and go get a left fielder and you want to go into the, the season with Von Grissom, you know, penciled in and literally penciled in, ready with that eraser, as your left fielder, then you get somebody solid for the bench that you feel like can come in if needed because there's really nobody else. And they didn't protect Jesse Franklin, not that I think he was ready, but he's not protected in the Rule 5 draft unless they get somebody in the Rule 5 draft, which I don't think there's anybody out there that would fit that bill. So it does feel like, again, unless they go out and do something, and who knows what Alice Anthopoulos is going to do, they kind of have – back themselves in a corner lab essay and give a cease. That's who I would like to see them go get because of that extra year of control. The wild one brave. Uh, so if we can't get a big name, then we trade for one Dylan cease is the other guy I like, but if we do go after a big name, then it should be Yamamoto. He's a future superstar. I'm right there with you again. Talked about Yamamoto yesterday. I think he just makes a lot of sense, but he makes a lot of sense for a ton of teams. Why? Which is why the agent, his agent has said that nearly half the league, has already checked in on him, and he was just posted on Monday. So, I mean, that's going to be a pretty huge bidding war and the posting fee that you have to pay. I think if you're going to get a top-of-the-rotation starter this offseason, it's going to have to be through a trade. And again, if you can get any trade done without giving up Hurston Waldrop or A.J. smith Shaver, it's a huge win for the Braves. But it's hard for me to see them making a trade for a cease and maybe even a Corbin Burns without giving up one of those two guys. All right, I think that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thank you so much for the comments. While we do have so many people in here now, it does make it a little bit more difficult to keep up with the comments and the questions, but I appreciate it so, so much. I hope you all have a great and happy Thanksgiving. Again, unless something breaks, we'll have no podcast on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day, but we'll be back Friday night with a mailbag episode. So get your questions ready for that. If I didn't get to your questions today on this podcast, get them ready and submit them for Friday's episode. Again, one more time, thank you for all the support. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 